Coming to you from the FlexFox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Nick the Man Penner. Uh, once again, both of my regular co-hosts, Jeremiah and Jamil, are not here this week. So instead, we've got the league's namesake himself, Flex Fox, joining us. How's it going, Flex? Fuck Jeremiah. Fuck Ryan. Uh, you know what? Enough said. I think we can just end the episode now. Uh, this has been uh, The Weekly Show. Uh yeah, no, Flex, it's uh, obviously great to have you here to to lend your unique insights and, and fresh perspective. Uh, so thanks for joining us. I'm always happy to be here lowering the quality of the podcast. Mm. Well, we did have Garth Newton last week. So, I mean, no offense, but you're uh, sort of a come down from that high. Pretty high bar. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, just his voice alone, I think, really... Uh, really improved the listenership of that last episode what's going on with jeremiah though like this is what the second week that he's not on in a row i know you only had one job jeremiah he, he claims to be at some sort of cottage with poor internet uh, reception connection i i don't know i i don't understand it it's tuesday isn't he in school that's what i would have thought maybe he's already cutting class not a fan not a fan uh well uh, at least I'm still dedicated enough that we can do this podcast and uh, uh, do a great recap of the week that was. Uh, you know, it was the first week of the playoffs. Very exciting. Uh, huge competition this year. Uh, and we said from the outset it was going to be a, a real interesting competition, but was not always in the way you thought it would be. So uh, I'm happy to delve right into that. Uh, as we have in the past with our postseason coverage, I think it's only appropriate we go Vaz Europa and then the actual playoffs themselves. Uh, so if you're ready, Flex, we can just jump right into the, the Vaz results from the previous week. And spoiler alert, this was by far the best competition. Uh, the playoffs were massively disappointing, but watching the Vaz all week was just a, a real highlight, and these teams are clearly playing for their lives, putting up ridiculous point totals. Uh, we'll start with the showdown between uh, the Bash Brothers, uh, RKR's team, and Akusia. Uh, it was the the number one seed versus the number four seed, and it was the number four seed who put up the huge upset, uh, 272.4 to 230.7 for RKR. So Kusia is moving on to the, the Vaz final, the uh, the worst team in the regular season. I mean, what's your reaction to this? I mean, <clears throat> this one was one of the more shocking outcomes of the week for me. Maybe it shouldn't have been in hindsight, but... Uh... I don't know. I really expected RKR to come away with this one. I thought it would be pretty easy. Um, but then, I mean, you look at his numbers, and I haven't really been monitoring his team all year, but obviously the difference here was that his bats just didn't get it done, only 80 points on the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was not expecting either team in this matchup to get over 200 points, but they both had big weeks. Uh, the difference for Acusio had to be Kristen Yelich, who's just been on fire for the Brewers lately, putting up big point totals, got 55 points in this matchup. That, that was huge for her, and uh, she had good pitching, and you're right, just the, the difference in the quality of the, the bats seemed to be the real tale of this one. So uh, it's, it's impressive, considering her poor form in the regular season, but she really turned it on this week. Voodoo magic is officially over. It's true. Voodoo magic is is dead and buried now with uh, RKR losing here in the Vaz. I mean, from RKR's perspective, I think he could have really used the number one pick. Uh, he he obviously a, a team that's not where he wants it to be. There's some rebuilding he can do, so uh, I think that would have helped him out a lot. But uh, it was not meant to be clearly with the the result this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 
I'll be curious to see what RKR does in the offseason and how active he is. Uh, I don't know how active he really has been this year because he's not on Slack. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely curious to see where he goes with this team. Mm-hmm. There's a, a bunch of different directions he can take it, so that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, and, of course, Acoustia had the, the worst regular season record, so, uh, you know, in some leagues she would just be handed the number one pick, but she has to earn it here, and she's taken a big step there. Uh, I mean, the the seeds of Wes's team uh, always had some potential, but it feels like her style of active management has really been a godsend for this franchise. Well, yeah, I mean, you can see the difference between her and Wes. I mean... She really had no chance to do too much this year because of the roster that she was given and the hole that Wes had already dug himself into. I mean, that's you can see that in the trophies that she was awarded this year. But uh, definitely there have been some impressive weeks mm-hmm. for her. Uh, well, we can now flip over to the other Vaz matchup, the, the proverbial 2-3 matchup between Aiden and Jeffrey Chow. Uh, we all said it was going to be a, a close matchup. We were excited to see uh, how things would finally play out now that we'd reached the postseason. And it was Aiden who came out on top of another really impressive matchup. Uh, he had 266.6 points to 247.9 for Chow. So the, the league disgraces dream of winning the Vaz is done as Aiden moves on to the Vaz final. Uh, this is just a, a huge win for Aiden, right? This is very big for his franchise. Yeah, I mean, I definitely... I don't think I was alone in thinking that Chow was going to take this one pretty easily. Um, But in the end, I mean, Aiden was really running away with this for almost the whole week. It didn't really get close until uh, that Saturday matchup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Chow did uh, do his best to to make a big comeback here, put up some big points on Saturday, and it it looked like he might have a chance on Sunday, but was not able to close the deal. Uh, Aiden wins here, and I mean, if you talk about his, his team name, From Scrags to Gritches, uh, he's had a, a lot of skags so far, but <laughs> there could be some glitches in his future after this. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting. I'm obviously not pulling for Aiden in the finals, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he won. Mm. Uh, this is obviously interesting. We've talked a lot about Mookie Betts for Chow this year. Uh, he put up 28.4 points this week, which is a, a respectable point total, certainly, and, and one not to, to sneeze at, but... Uh, it's not enough to uh, to single-handedly pull his team to victory, so it seems like Chow may have just sunk too far and was not able to, to bail out his team fast enough. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, Mookie Betts had a pretty good week still, but, I mean, the surrounding cast really didn't get it done. Jose Ramirez, not a great week, so... it's pre- All that said, it's pretty impressive that he got to 250. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think another thing that's impressive is that Aiden did this with only seven starts. Chow had 10, but five of Aiden's starts were quality starts. And that's just incredible considering the cast of pitchers he has. Yeah, I mean, definitely maybe some luck in there, but quality starts are the key and Aiden got them. Mm. Well, obviously this sets up a, an exciting Vaz final, which we can preview in a minute. But first, got to look at the results from the Europa competition. Uh, and based on the prediction contest, it's fair to say that nobody really saw any of these coming. Uh, it's uh, a lot of upsets, uh, a lot of teams that won uh, narrowly despite being the, the lower seed. And uh, we can start off by talking about Garth Newton, friend of the show. He was here last week. Uh, and he seemed very confident in his chances against Lim, who was the, the lowest seed in the Europa competition. But Lim pulled off the upset by the skin of his teeth, 
201.8 to 199.3 for Garth Newton. Uh, so Lim is moving on here. Garth Newton is is out of Europa. Uh, it's a shocking turn of events, but Lim continues in his giant killer ways. Uh, what say you, Flex? Uh, I did not see this coming at all. Um, good on Lim. You know, hopefully he can take it all the way. But uh, I feel like Garth Newton was definitely one of the stronger teams in the league this year, not just in Europa, but in the whole league. So to see him go out in round one to Lim, albeit a team that I lost to this year, uh, is still pretty surprising. Yeah, I mean, like we talk about Garth Newton being the number one seed in Europa, but he really nearly was a playoff team in his own right. Uh, And he had a, a solid lineup. Uh, a lot of people were looking at him as a, a potential playoff threat, a potential upset. Uh, so it's you know surprising to see him in the Europa competition at all. But then to see this result from him in the competition, not even breaking 200 points, I mean, it's it's very disappointing for him. Uh, I, I really don't know what's going on with his team. You would have thought you would have gotten a better performance from them that he would have really wanted to win this matchup. But, uh, you know, I, I guess it was not meant to be for him. Well, I mean, last week he was talking about his strategy getting closers and having almost a guaranteed like 15 to 20 points a week from each of them. I mean, you look this week, Craig Kimbrell, two points, Ottavino, 11.5. Jansen did pretty well, I guess, 15.5, but like that's really not enough to pick up the bats and the starters here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a, a lot of letdowns overall. Uh, bats did not generate the points they they needed to only one one player over 20 points and so i mean yeah it was not the the week for him but uh limb i mean obviously based on the score did not do that much better but uh considering the the caliber of player on his team i would say it's a probably luckier or more impressive performance uh i don't know i think that like scoring 200 really shouldn't be that difficult for limb uh i'm not particularly impressed with the point total, given the talent, you know, I think that's right about where he should be. And I think that he just, the luck came in in the fact that Garth Newton didn't score higher. Mm. Well, and that's sometimes what it comes down to, uh, getting the other guy on a bad week. And uh, if that's the case, Lim certainly took advantage here with the the point total he got. Indeed, he did. Uh, so next up then, uh, moving down the Europa ladder, is my matchup against Ash. Uh, I was the number two seed in Europa. He was the number seven seed. Uh, and I got to tell you, Flex, I felt very confident going into this. Uh, I felt that my team you know, had finally sort of hit its stride. Uh, we were going to perform well. And then, I mean, it's the disappointing conclusion to a disappointing season for me because I ended up losing to Ash pretty handily, 217.7 to him. For uh, 167.7 to me, that's a 50-point margin there. Uh, it's a, a big win for Ash moving on in this competition. And you know what? It's just a, a major bummer on my end. Uh, yeah, I obviously did not see this one coming either. Uh, lots of upsets this week in the lower round matchups. But uh, I feel like this has been the downfall of your team all year, You know, where you have some good weeks, but then also some weeks in the 150 to 200 range. And probably more of those than most other teams in the league. Uh, and obviously, this is just one of those weeks for you. You know, based on the prediction contest, it felt like I wasn't alone in thinking that my team had the the potential to win Europa. Uh, and it just seems like one of those weeks where everyone wasn't great. And sometimes that's the uh, 
the real problem for a team is you sort of get stuck in second gear and you can't really go up, uh, but you're not bad enough to move down. So um, my pitching did decently. It was really my bats, only 32.2 points. That's a, that's terrible. Only Moustakis uh, in double digits. So uh, just very bad all around. And I mean, obviously there's going to be some retooling that happens from here. Uh, questions about keepers are, are obviously cropping up already, but you know, it's uh unfortunate to see my season end this way but i uh, i think overall it's probably the in some sense the result i deserve i mean the saturday sunday results are just killer here for you negative 1.5 across those two days negatives in both days mm-hmm. uh that's just that hurts well and it, it, even more than that it wasn't like a, a situation where i was anticipating getting a bunch of points early and then just sort of coasting through the final weekend uh, it felt like my my matchups uh, with both my bats and my pitchers were lining up well so that I would be able to power through the the finish but uh super did not happen so it's a, a very disappointing outcome but I mean kudos to Ash he got his team working uh he did enough to win and especially over the the final weekend he uh turned on the jets and put some distance there so he was able to take advantage of my misfortune well, I mean, I won't give too much credit to Ash. You know, I think this is another situation very similar to Lim's where the point total is not impressive. Uh, I mean, this is Europa, so any given week you could run into a team that scores less than you when you're at that range, but uh, it's not exactly a point total that I think is going to be scaring other teams in this tournament. No, uh, that's fair. But, I mean, it's also fair to say that there were lots of up and downs in terms of the overall point totals uh, in this first playoff week. So uh, Ash isn't alone in in sort of taking advantage of a low-scoring opponent. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the playoffs, anything can happen. So you got to just take what you can Take what you get, right? Mm. Well, speaking of anything happening, uh, our next Europa matchup features Ian taking on Respect for the Game. Uh, and Ian, another team very nearly in the playoffs, uh, lost out, unfortunately, but would have had a great opportunity to get some revenge in this Europa tournament. But it was clearly not meant to be for him either, because he also loses in an upset with respect for the game, putting up 211.4 points to 196.2 for Ian. Uh, so respect for the game moving on Ian going home. I mean, this is just terrible luck to to sort of close out the season for Ian after he'd enjoyed much better luck for so much of it. I mean, this is just, I have no words for these putrid results across this entire tournament in week one. Like you would think this was the Vaz. It's true. I mean, it's very low point totals. Nobody's looking good. Uh, But I mean, say what you will about Ian. He found a way to win with low point totals all season. Uh, he he won with sub 200 point totals and it was just sort of at the very end in the the last three matchups now that he was not able to win even these close matchups and that's been the difference for him yeah i mean ian he almost, he's another guy who almost made the playoffs right so uh unfortunately this week it looks like his bats just didn't come through but he's still got a pretty nice pitching output well and i think credit has to be given to respect for the game uh, you know, from the start of the season, this the franchise was talked about as as a buy. It was a a vase lock. Even in in the Europa competition, it was not seen as a, a threat by nearly anyone. So the team has had consistency all season, 
uh, in getting sort of low 200 point totals, did it again here. And that was enough to overcome a, a weak opposition. So uh, respect for the game moving on. And it'll be interesting to see. I don't know the logistics of what happens if respect for the game ends up winning Europa, but I'm, I'm sure interested in finding out. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, you got to give credit to Cam for getting this team to seven wins. Uh, again, this is a result that I don't think scares anybody, even if everybody else scored just as low. But uh, that's a good point about what's going to happen if respect for the game wins the vo- or wins Europa. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to get the European flag T-shirt if that happens. So it'll be an interesting thing to find out. Uh, truly interesting indeed. Uh, one more match from the Europa League here. Uh, we've got Garth McInnes taking on Chris Kennedy. Uh, Garth M, the four seed, Chris Kennedy to the five seed. And Garth M became the only upper seed to win uh, when he defeated Chris by a score of 228.1 to 182.2 for Chris. So uh, Daddy Garth moving on, uh, the senior representative of the league, uh, looking pretty good here. So it's uh, the, the best point total in Europa and uh, should set up a, an interesting round two matchup for him. I mean, for Chris, when you have a team logo like this, you're getting what you deserve. Mm, I mean, obviously very disappointed with having to look at that image with my own human eyes, uh, but also very disappointed <laughs> with Chris's team's performance. You know, he had decent bats. He got 91 points from his bats, but uh, in the postseason, you got to get more than 91 points from your pitchers uh, and to uh, have the the result he did is is unfortunate that he did not uh, field a more competitive team in this one. Yeah, I mean Chris uh, is good at memes, not so good at fantasy baseball. Mm. It's uh, it's true. And Garth M, model of consistency, uh, he's stuck by his guys through good times and bad, and they've been rewarding him at least a little bit here, uh, putting up a, a decent postseason performance. Well, I'll applaud Garth for being the only team in the tournament this week to have put up anything even close to a modestly respectable points total. Uh, so much respect, mm. Daddy Garth. Uh, and again, uh, as probably the, the only upper seed to, to win in Europa, uh, I wonder if that makes him a potential favorite in the second round. Uh, his point total certainly would suggest that he would be one of the more competitive teams uh, in uh, the Europa competition, but he is Mr. 500. You got to, you know, get that 50-50 booking in. So uh, we'll see what happens next week and if there's a, a loss in his future. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen Garth win three matchups in a row. So I'm not holding my breath for that one. Someone should really run the numbers on that. It would be uh, interesting to see if that had actually ever happened before. I don't think it has. Probably not. Uh, okay, now we get on to the real meat, the the good stuff, the what we've all been watching for the, the past week. The actual playoff matchups, top eight teams in the league after this long season, finally have a chance to square off, and there was drama and there was intrigue, at least in one matchup. The other three, a little bit more lopsided, uh, and we'll start with one of those. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson, Mr. 18-1, and one, uh, coming in as the number one seed, taking on Jathish, who is going for uh, the improbable upset here, uh, knocking off the, the top seed in the first round, and it was not meant to be for our friend Jathish because Jeremiah... Uh, easily knocks him off with 292.4 points to 187.9 for Jathish. Uh, so Jeremiah is moving on. The round one uh, elimination that had been much prophesied did not come to pass. 
uh, Flex, I know your your personal feelings for Jeremiah are clear, but what would you say about his performance in this matchup? Uh, Jeremiah is doing Jeremiah things. As for Jathish, I was going to let him stay on my couch when he came to San Diego, but I'm not sure that I can. After he sullied himself in this manner, I'm not sure that I can let him into my apartment. Yeah, this is a, a terrible performance by him. Uh, similar situation, he only had two hitters in double digits. Uh, decent pitching, but you know, far far and away not his best stuff. And considering that he snuck into the, the postseason on the strength of uh, some good performances down the stretch, putting up near 300-point totals, this is just a, a real disappointing show on his part. I mean, as his team name says, his colon is incompetent. It, it truly is indeed. Uh, Although I, I would expect his team logo in this scenario to be a little closer to uh, Chris Kennedy's. Maybe they could trade picks. <laughs> uh, on Jeremiah's uh, side, though, I mean, this is obviously a good performance from him. Uh, it's the the kind of tone I think he would want to set in the playoffs. Uh, if he was worried about a, a first-round upset, he was not worried for long, given how strong he uh, entered the week and then had a good Sunday point total, too. So, you know, this is pretty much the, the dream scenario for Jeremiah, and uh, I think all he can be thinking right now is that he hopes this form continues because if he's putting up near 300-point weeks, uh, that championship could be his in the near future. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I refuse to give Jeremiah any credit whatsoever so all i will say is that all i want this year is for jeremiah not to win the championship and hopefully we can make that happen mm, i mean i don't think you're uh, alone in thinking that uh but the you know the numbers seem to be at least a little bit on jeremiah's side right now uh he's been getting a, a lot of good performances alex bregman uh much maligned on this podcast coming through for him with 38 and a half points so uh, it'll be diff- difficult to uh, slow Jeremiah down, but you know anything can happen, and and anyone can win from here. Hopefully, it's not Jeremiah. Uh, hopefully, indeed. Uh, next up, we can talk about the uh, number two overall seed, who was yourself, Flex, uh, in a, a, a matchup that had sort of been seen coming for a long time, and there had been a lot of hyping up on both sides, uh, but you were able to take on and defeat Jamil. Uh, you had 258.1 points to 157.1 for him. So a, a, an even worse point total in this first round. Uh, are you feeling at all a sense of relief? Were you concerned by Jamil at all? Or were you always looking past this first round? I mean, this matchup was never going to be a concern for me. Uh, Jamil's talked about it on the podcast before. I'm the Cavs to his Raptors. We faced three years in a row. I beat him three years in a row. So even before... Any of the point totals started coming through, I was very confident mm. that I was going to win. Uh, I think that's a, a fair analysis. Jamil is great at making the playoffs, but not great at winning once there. And it's just a real disappointing performance all around on on his end. The bats were silent for him. The pitching just completely abandoned him. And, you know, that was always going to be a, a bit of a liability on his end. But I don't think anyone would have seen it going as badly as it did. Getting only two quality starts on the week is is very pedestrian, so... Uh, yeah, not a lot good to say about Jamil's performance, and I I think if he were here, he would be the, the first to admit it. Yeah, I mean, I was sort of talking to him throughout the week, and, uh, you know, I looked at his matchup. He already had nine starts, but he only had 113 points. 
I'm like, I, how, how do you even accomplish that? Mm, impressive in a sense. It is very impressive. Well, uh, on your side, Flex, you obviously had a, a much better week, but one really powered by your pitching. You uh, did quite well for yourself, uh, led especially by the, the two horses, the two start two horses of Strasbourg and Carrasco. Uh, big, big points from both of them. So you're, you know, looking pretty good, especially on the pitching front. Uh, do you have any concerns about your team heading into round two? I mean, this was just a very disappointing week from my standpoint. Uh, the pitching came through as it always has this season. But at the trade deadline, I made a lot of moves to shore up my offense to try and go from scoring 50 points a week to 100 points a week. And this was another 50-point week which I've been having I've been having a few of those lately on the offense so uh not feeling too good about that. I got to say AJ Pollock going 1 for 25 that's a that's a pretty bad week for just about anyone. Yeah, he really hasn't been himself since coming back from the injury. Pre-injury he was like a th- over 3 point per game player. Uh over his last 30 now he's like 0.5 or something like that so I'm not too happy about it. Mm-hmm. Crazy to think he had exactly one more hit last week than you did, eh? Uh, I'd rather not talk about it. Okay, well then, uh, I will just leave you with the this final thought, which is, I mean, Flex, do you feel at all guilty knowing that the result of this magic was matchup was so severe that Jamil had to flee the country, is apparently <laughs> taking up residence in Japan now, halfway around the world, all because of how badly you beat him? Uh, yeah, of course I feel bad. I mean, that's that's my brother. Uh, I'm not like Mike. I don't go out here disrespecting the brotherhood. So, you know, I'm sorry, Jamil. Hopefully you can find your self-respect and manage to return to Canada one day. Mm, it would be nice to, to see Jamil again, maybe have him on the podcast. So hopefully he survives this Japanese endeavor. Uh, in the meantime, though, uh, two more great first-round matchups to talk about. Uh, in the one corner, uh, we've got Richard Tillo taking on the Illuminati, Mike Kaminsky. Uh, and this was, I mean, I got to say the most exciting uh, matchup of the first round. It was back and forth. You weren't quite sure who was going to win at any time. Uh, you also weren't quite sure of the uh, the management level of Mike Kaminsky on that Polish internet. But he managed to get it done. He pulled out the win at the very end. 242.3 to 215.2 for Tillo. So the Husan Alliance is out in the first round, and Kaminsky is moving on to a, a very big matchup indeed. Uh, yeah, I mean, bad week for Richard, maintenance week for Mike. That's all I really got to say about it. Mm, I mean, do you think Mike was at all concerned? I mean, Tillo really hung with him all week long, and it, it looked like there might be enough in his tank uh, just from his pitching alone to be the difference. Oh, I'm sure he was concerned. I didn't really know who was going to win this until Sunday. Uh, But unfortunately for Richard, Aaron Nola couldn't get that QS, and everything went down from there. Uh, Nola indeed proved to be the the weakest link. I mean, from Tillo's perspective, he he did well at 176.5 from his pitchers. That's great. But only 38.7 points from his bats. Very disappointing. Uh, and considering how close the matchup it was, if he'd had just one or two other good performers this week, that could have easily been the difference. Yeah, I mean, Richard has definitely looked like a very dangerous team at this year, throughout the year. Um, but uh, 
wasn't able to put up one of his 300 point weeks this week. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know, what a, a lot of people said was a, a dark horse candidate, uh, someone who could really make a, a difference in the playoffs. And uh, interestingly enough, he was also someone who sort of went quiet at the trade deadline. He did not make as many of the the big moves as some of his other teams. And uh, you got to wonder if he's regretting that now. Well, him being quiet at the trade deadline didn't stop him from being loud as fuck on Slack. So talk shit, get hit. Mm. Uh, indeed, Tillo is never one to, to shy away from a, a Slack discussion. Uh, on the other hand, uh, big week for Kaminsky. Uh, his offense was firing. His pitching was good. Uh, it was a close result, but obviously based on some of these other uh, results from the first round, he's really going to need to take this up yet another level if he wants to hang with some of the, the better teams. Do you think he's possible of doing that? I mean, for sure. Like, I wouldn't say this was a big week for him at all. On a similar note to me, I would say this was a disappointing week for him. But, uh, you know, obviously it wasn't a week where he needed to put up big points. So it's not something that is really going to make him sweat. Mm. I think, Mike, I think, sorry to cut you off. I think Mike uh, is very confident week to week in his team. Uh, It doesn't matter if, he put up a lower point total the week before. He always has the ability to put up 300 any given week. Yeah, that's a that's a fair take, uh, a fresh perspective. And I mean, I think there is a reason that Kaminsky was the the most feared team going into the playoffs. Is that if this is what a, a down week, a maintenance week looks like for him, that's very impressive indeed. And uh, hopefully, that does mean that when he is really pushed uh, and going into a especially crucial matchup next week. Uh, that he will be able to dig deep and, and find that next level we were talking about. Well, I think the interesting thing about um, all of the teams that are remaining in the playoffs at this point is that for any of them, this would have been a bad mm. week. So it, there are going to be some interesting matchups. It's for true. Sure. Uh, well, we got to get to our, our last matchup here from week one before we start talking about the, the second round of the postseason. Uh, and that's the showdown between Cam and Ryan, uh, where Cam was the, the division champ and Ryan was looking to, to keep his momentum going into the playoffs. And if there was uh, a soundboard in front of me, I would have it set to the fart mode uh, and just give you uh, some lovely audio there because Cam absolutely stunk up the joint in this one. 125.3 points, disgraceful performance from him in the postseason. Uh, Ryan, 248 points, uh, easily moving on over that speed bump a week from cam uh terrible uh especially considering that involves a a 25 point penalty so even without that penalty he would have been very embarrassing indeed but uh yeah ryan moves on in a a sad matchup i mean cam has been talking about it for weeks now how his team is shit and obviously if you don't believe in yourself who Mm -hmm. is going to believe in you I mean, I just don't think we've ever seen the wheels fall off a team quite as dramatically as Cam this season. He was great going into the All-Star break. He had been really building a a team that looked like it had the potential to contend for another championship and then absolutely stunk after that break. So I don't know what it was exactly. Uh, It seems like it was maybe a combination of factors, but there was a real corner turn for Cam and just a, a downhill spiral. Yeah, uh, I haven't really watched his team close enough to be able to give you any insight into what happened to his team in particular, but uh, 
it's obviously very disappointing for one of the two owners who has multiple championships in league history. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and his elimination guaranteed we would have a new champion this season. So there will be a, another member of the ring club, but uh, you know, I think this is uh, interesting from Ryan's perspective that it wasn't a real first round test. Uh, he was able to, to coast through it, but it does set up a, an interesting scenario for him where you know, 248, not a bad point total, but maybe if he'd been pressed a little harder, if he'd had to make some more moves out of desperation, it would have been a, a different week for him. Yeah, I mean, begrudgingly, I'll be cheering for Ryan in his upcoming matchup, but uh, I think that it's pretty clear that he is the weakest team left in the playoffs at this point, and the point total just goes to show that. I mean, we are talking about for Mike, a similar point total being a bad week. And while I do think that this wasn't a week that Ryan will be happy with, I also think that, you know, it's a more ordinary week for him than it is for anyone else in the playoffs right now. Mm, That's fair. Uh, So obviously as one of the league managers looking at this first round of the playoffs, does that inspire any sort of playoff reform potentials? I know there had been some ideas floated earlier on Slack, but it just seems like some of these matchups were, were real disappointing and it was a, a bit of a haves versus have not week in round one. Well, I mean, I don't really know what uh, what kind of reform you're looking for if you just want us to put the vase in the championship spots instead. <laughs> like every everybody in Europa was just as disappointing as the people in the playoffs Really, the only person outside of the Vaz that had a good week was Jeremiah. Mm. Yeah, well, and I guess that's just the way it goes sometimes, and hopefully this means that there are more dramatic matchups to come in, in the remainder of the playoffs. I mean, it was strange. I felt like at multiple points this year that scoring totals were more depressed than usual. Um, and I'd, I've never really looked into it to see if there was any substance behind that but this was another week where you know for the majority of the week it looked like nobody was going to score over 250 Mm. i'm hoping there will be some more statistical analysis coming in the offseason but i do think you're right that there have been some wild swings in point totals over the course of the season and week to week it seems like there are just some real good weeks and some real bad weeks so maybe there's a, a cause for that maybe it's all in my head i don't know but uh hopefully there can be analysis of that uh, sometime in the future future child graphs exactly bring it back uh well i think that's it for round one of the playoffs uh i didn't really have a, a midpoint plan so we can just jump into round two here or flex if there's anything you want to say i mean now's the time to do so all i want to say is fuck jeremiah fuck ryan uh okay well you'll have a, a chance to pick up on those themes in a minute i think uh first though uh looking at round two of the playoffs as we record here on tuesday night uh we can talk about the vaz consolation match uh very briefly indeed uh we'll we'll mention the consolation matches but obviously their consolation nature means they're nothing to dwell on but we've got rkr his bash brothers taking on chow in the uh sort of worst of the worst Vaz uh, matchup in a sense uh, and RKR is up 89.5 to 37.7 for Chow. Flex, any thoughts on this matchup? Uh, good start for RKR. I'm not sure really how far apart it is given the difference in game started at the moment uh, but 
it would be very fitting for Chow to flame out in this last matchup of the year. Uh, very fitting indeed. Uh, I would like to see RKR get a measure of revenge here, and it would be interesting to see him put up a, a higher point total than whoever wins the actual Vaz Championship match. That might be a, a, some cold comfort for him. Uh, but, of course, we've got the main showdown, the Vaz Final. The winner of this matchup will, in fact, receive the number one pick in next year's draft. Uh, we've got Aiden taking on Akusia. Uh, it's pretty close. Uh, 80.2 points for Aiden to 62.7 for Akusia. So still very much could go either way. But, you know, a pretty good start for both of these teams, wouldn't you say, Flex? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a pretty evenly contested matchup. Obviously, the score is pretty close. They both only have one start used. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I'm not really sure which way I'm leaning at the moment. Well, I said it before on the last podcast, and I'll say it again. I think for sentimental reasons, uh, I'd be cheering for Kusia in this one. But you know, I think Aiden would be a, a fine Vaz champion too. I think he would make good use of that first pick. So, you know, either way could be a, an exciting outcome here. And I just hope this trend of Vaz teams putting up big point totals and, and showcasing what they've really got, uh, I hope that continues. Uh, I'll say that I would like Kusia to win. Um for a half-season league member to have a trophy would be excellent, especially given the fact that this is her last season in the league. Spoiler alert. But uh, I I think that Aiden is going to take this. Mm. I mean, uh, you tipped the, the hand a little bit, so I'll also say for Kusia to come in, take a team that looked like it was going to go winless and get some wins out of it and get into the Vaz and for a final matchup to be a, a Vaz championship win, that would be incredible for her. So let's make the, the dream come true in this last matchup. Maybe I'll even ship a Vaz out to Oakland for Wes. Uh, he, he would deserve it or perhaps not deserve it, depending on your point of view. Uh, but we've also got Europa action happening here. Uh, we've got, uh, first off, the, uh, the Constellation matchups. Uh, the first one between Garth Newton and Chris Kennedy. Uh, and Chris Kennedy is up in that one, 41 to 17.3 points for Garth Newton. So Garth Newton staring down another disappointing defeat, potentially. Uh, yeah, the interesting thing here is that before, or at this point last week, Garth was in a similar spot, and I would have said, no doubt, Garth's going to come back and win. And I will say that again, but... Uh, It'll, I'm not I'm not necessarily convinced that he will as much as I was last week. Yeah, it, it seems weird. It, it's strange talking about Garth Newton in these terms, but, you know, I I would think that on paper this is the kind of matchup he should be winning easily. I'm, I'm sure he's a dedicated enough owner that he's going to continue to manage his lineup and, and set his pitching matchups and all that, but, you know, you'd really think that he would have more than 17.3 points on a Tuesday night, so... Uh, don't know exactly what's up with that. Well, he has no start yet, so that probably explains it. And it's looking like his bats just didn't really do much for him on Monday, which happens sometimes. That wouldn't explain it indeed. Well, then I, I would say I'm even more convinced that he will be able to, to come back and take this Constellation matchup. Garth, we need you to set Chris straight. Logos like this cannot win. A truly obscene material. Uh but the other uh, Constellation matchup is between myself and Ian Stadzagast-Staddleman. 
and I would say I consider it something of a rivalry matchup or at least a grudge match, considering that Ian failing to make the playoffs meant I lost my bet with Jeremiah. Uh, and now I may get kicked in the face. Uncertain. <laughs> but uh, in either case, I want to kick Ian in the face this week uh, just to really send a point to him that he should have been in the playoffs and he fucked it. Uh, yeah, I mean, no offense, but I just don't have any confidence in your team or at least in the consistency of your team. You definitely have the ability to put up the point total to beat Ian, but I'm going to have to go with Ian on this one. Mm, that's fair. And uh, I mean, I do care enough to want to win, but not enough to argue with you about it. I'm not sure how substantiated this argument would become. No, you're stupid. I can't argue with that. Uh, Okay, the Europa matchups that count, however, uh, the first one here between Garth McInnes and Jeffrey Lim. Uh, Garth McInnes, obviously the top seed that won. Lim coming off that big upset in round one over Garth Newton, uh, looking to take down his second consecutive Garth. Uh, and right now it's Garth McInnes who has the slight edge, 62.9 points to 53, 53.7 for Jeff Lim. So it's a matchup still very much in the balance, uh, especially if you look at the pitching starts each team has. Uh, Flex, who do you think is going to be able to, to pull out a win in this one? Uh, I'll go with Garth because uh, I don't want to embarrass someone who has been so influential in my life. Mm, uh, I have no sentimentality towards Garth M, so I'm going to take Lim in this matchup. Uh, you know what? He's done a good job of, of slaying Giants so far this season. He seems to be able to come up with big matchups, uh, big weeks at big times, so uh, I think that bodes well for him here. And you know what? It would be real fun if the lowest seed in Europa ended up winning the competition. So that's something I can cheer for in this one. The only thing I would like more than awarding the prize for Europa to Garth McInnes is awarding it to the void that is the owner of Respect for the Game. Mm. Uh, well, speaking of that Respect for the Game void, uh, Respect for the Game obviously didn't move on to this next round and is taking on the Money Ballers, but it's currently Ash who's up with 38.3 points to 23.5 for respect for the game, but still early, anything can happen. Uh, so obviously the, the joy of awarding the Europa shirt to no one is fun, but uh, Flex, do you really think that respect for the game has a chance in this matchup? Yes. I think anytime anybody plays Ash, they have a chance. And I will never be comfortable predicting that he will win a matchup. Mm. Uh, I obviously still have a lot of love and respect for Ash, but I think respect for the game... Uh, like we were saying earlier, has been incredibly consistent this year. Uh, seems to be doing well in these playoffs so far, and uh, there's no reason, I think, to doubt that it will continue to perform adequately, and uh, sometimes that's all you need to win a matchup. So I think respect for the game is, in fact, going to make the finals and uh, set up a, an interesting showdown to end that Europa competition. Yeah, I expect that this one's going to be another pretty low-scoring matchup. Mm. Uh, I would not doubt that either. Uh, but okay, uh, jumping up to the playoffs now, uh, we've got the consolation matchups. Uh, the first one between both members of the Husan Alliance, uh, Jamil and Richard Tillo, uh, I guess fighting for, for captaincy, maybe supremacy within that alliance, but it's Tillo who's up now at 63.5 points to 47 for Jamil. 
so uh, I don't know if you've got any strong feelings about this matchup, Flex, but if you do, what are they? Uh, I'm going to go with Jamil on this one because I'm still salty that Richard dissed me on Jeremiah's diss track. Mm. Uh, appropriate reaction. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with Tillo. He almost uh, made the first round interesting. Uh, could have pulled off a win and didn't, but you know, I'd, I would say in one sense he deserved one, so uh, I will give him the, the victory here as a consolation for that. I wonder if these teams will still be the Husan Alliance next year. Mm, I mean, they clearly have some sort of a deeper bond, so I wonder if they'll find a, a new way to express that with potentially different team names next year. Well, I mean, there could be some bad blood coming out of this matchup, so you never know. You never know. It's true. The friends turn foes uh, is a, a recurring theme in these playoffs, uh, including in this next matchup between Cam McInnes and Jathish, uh, two good friends who have uh, been pitted against each other here after both failing uh, and losing out of the playoffs in spectacular fashion. And Cam McInnes is clearly trying to prove a point here that he's not as bad as he seemed last week. He's almost matched that point total. Uh, he's got one 10.1 points here to 40, 46 for Rock and Jath. Flex, uh, as the, the two other league managers here, which one of these league managers is our favorite? I refuse to waste my breath or energy on this matchup, so I abstain. Uh, I abstain. Uh, I'm going to pick Cam just because uh, I don't like Jathish very much. Who does? It's true. But okay, we can talk about the real showdowns now. Uh, I'm going to talk about the one that you're not in first, Flex, so that hopefully you'll keep listening as we talk. Uh, and that's the uh, fellowship breaking showdown. Uh, fellowship turned foes between Ryan Neeson and Jeremiah Johnson. Uh, two league managers you expressly do not care for, but one of them has to win. One of these two teams will be in the final. Right now, here on Tuesday night, Jim, uh, Jer- Jeremiah has a big advantage of 62.8 points to 20.4 for Ryan. Uh, but it could still get interesting yet. Uh, your thoughts on this one? This is something that you may never hear me ever say again. So, Ryan, you may want to audio equivalent of screenshot this. But I really, really, really am praying for Ryan to win. I just don't think he can do it. Uh, it would be great if Ryan could stop Jeremiah in his tracks here uh, and get to the finals and and perhaps set the record straight about his season. But uh, I think you're right. That's going to be a tall order for him. Uh, in this matchup, though, he's clearly the lesser of two evils. Well, I'm sure that uh, Jeremiah will make a post on Slack tomorrow morning about how Ryan's making the comeback and Jeremiah's season is over. Um, so maybe that'll get our hopes up. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah predicting his own demise can't even get me going anymore, sadly, but, <laughs> uh, you know, another thing to note is that Jeremiah has now used, uh, three of his starts compared to only two for Ryan. So, uh, maybe that means that there's a, a potential comeback if Ryan has one really great start, but. Uh, you know, it's tough. Like you said earlier, Ryan is the weakest team still alive in these playoffs. He was uh, arguably one of the weaker teams coming in of the initial eight. And uh, there's not really much I've seen so far that would change my assessment and think that he's a, a finals caliber team here over Jeremiah. I mean, Ryan is just bad. So the only way that he's going to win is if 
Jeremiah gets stricken by injury miraculously. Um, but I will still be praying for that to happen. Mm. Uh, well, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, it'll be uh, very interesting to see how the, the sort of uh, Greek chorus in the, the Slack feels about this one, whether uh, they're on board with the Ryan movement, and uh, if so, if they'll support the winner of this matchup in the final. But uh, I think now it's time to talk about the other matchup. Uh, and I think, Flex, uh, there are probably some league owners out there who have always wanted to know about this, uh, but have been too afraid to ask. So can you give maybe a two-minute history lesson on the slap bet and how it came to be? I mean, Michael has always been talking shit saying that his team was better than me, that he would win in the playoffs. And that has never held true to this year, although we have never faced in the playoffs. This year, he raised the ante a little bit in preseason. uh, And we ended up settling on the slap bet. So this is obviously a matchup that is going to define league history singularly. Uh, And for those of you who somehow don't know, if you're living under a rock, the loser of this matchup has to fly to a city of the winner's choosing to be slapped by the winner at the loser's expense. I mean, there is just so much to unpack in this matchup. The fact that you've been talking about this since the the preseason, the potential playoff matchup between your two teams, uh, it feels predestined at this point. Uh, it's incredible that you've you've made it come a reality. Uh, and I think it's no secret that a lot of league members were cheering for this to happen just because the stakes have never been higher in a single matchup. And in some ways, this is the real championship because no matter who wins the trophy, uh, this is the only matchup that determines travel by real humans and the associated expenses thereof. So uh, it's clear that you and Mike have a, a real grudge and this is the only appropriate way to settle it, I'd say. I mean, I think for most of the season, it's been pretty apparent that this was going to happen. And, uh, you know, here we are. It was always going to end this way. Uh, Well, we can talk about the matchup as it stands, although I'm sure uh, any committed league members have already been following along and will continue to do so for the rest of the week. But uh, right now, Mike is up uh, 131 to 74.3 for you. So it's a bit of a barn burner of a start here, but uh, still lots of week left. how are you feeling about this one? What are your thoughts at the moment? Uh, I mean, I would love nothing more than to talk some shit on Mike right now. I really did not appreciate, Mike, if you're listening, how you disrespected our brotherhood earlier this week, uh, as I touched on earlier in this podcast. But obviously, not a good start for me and the opposite for Mike. And it's looking like it's going to be a, a tall tall hill for me to climb i mean there have been highs and lows already in this matchup danny duffy has utterly betrayed you with his start today uh justin verlander on the other hand performed very admirably for kaminsky uh so i'm sure he appreciates that but you know it's going to be a knock him out drag him out brawl and i think it's going to come down right to the the final weekend right till the final sunday and who knows which of you will be standing tall. It, it could really very much go either way, even with the score being what it is right now. Yeah, it is very apparent that top 20 pitcher Danny Duffy is an Illuminati sleeper agent, and I only blame myself for not being able to see this before. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, Danny Duffy is a, a clearly a betrayer in your organization. You'll have to have a locker room brawl to deal with him. Uh, but from Kaminsky's point of view, obviously he's used up four of his starts now. Uh, you've probably taken a look. Do you feel like he's got some good starts lined up the rest of this week? Uh, I'm not really afraid. I mean, obviously he has quality pitchers, but I'm not looking at like repeat starts from Verlander or Hill or anybody like that. So that's encouraging, I guess, but I'm pretty broken Mm. at the moment. Uh, well, obviously, uh, like you just said, a little bit of a, a downturn on your end, but is there one guy on your roster that you think can be an X factor here? One guy who can sort of turn things around for you? I mean, we all know who that guy is. It's Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, indeed, coming back from beyond the grave to, uh, to put your team up big would be very impressive and something that is definitely in the realm of possibilities here. The only way that I win this matchup is if Bryce Harper goes superhuman the rest of the week. Mm. I'll say it now. Okay, well, there you have it. We can boil this entire matchup down to one player, and I'm sure we'll all be watching Bryce Harper with great intensity now. He has had a positive start so far at over 18 points. That's that's pretty decent for a two-day total. I mean, he scored 120 in a week before, so it's, you got to step it up, Bryce. I need you. You got to do 121 this time. Exactly. Well, uh, I'm not sure how much else I have to contribute here. Uh, all, all I'll say is that the stage is set. Everyone's watching. So far, you're delivering, and it'll be very interesting to see how this fight goes. Uh, and like I said, we'll almost certainly come down to the, the wire. So we'll all be watching intently as that happens. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not too optimistic at the moment, but hopefully a lot of you guys come out and see the result, especially if it's within driving distance of Toronto. Mm, that would be a lot of fun. And the, the possibility of a road trip with Kaminsky is also very tantalizing indeed. <laughs> Trust me, you do not want to spend 15 hours on a Greyhound bus with Michael Kaminsky. I have experienced this. What's the, the maximum amount of time you want to spend with him? I'll say three hours. Three hours is, is decent. There are, are a lot of people that's my maximum for too. I mean, he he's a he's a he's a good guy, but uh, at a certain point, you just don't want to pick up on any of those contagious Polish diseases, you know. Mm. Uh, definitely not. I I do not want to have the the memorabilia obsession that he does. <laughs> Uh, but I think that's going to do it for this episode of the weekly show. Uh, unless, Flex, you've got anything else you want to add? Uh, it's a very dark day for Congo Community College. I'm feeling very depressed after recording this podcast, so thank you for that. Uh, and I would like to close it out by saying two things. Fuck Jeremiah. Fuck Ryan. Uh, two messages received loud and clear. Uh, Flex, thank you for being here and being a part of this. Sorry I gave you depression, but it's always darkest before the dawn. Uh, We've got a great week of postseason action coming up, so I hope everyone listening is going to stick with us. But for now, all i got to say is good night and good fantasy.